0: I want you to picture in your head the most Christian person that you know. The most committed Christian or group of Christians that you know. Chances are, whoever they are, they are nice but boring. I don't don't know, but that's what I'm guessing. Because that's how most good conservative Christians are. Now, Christians... You know, land on a whole spectrum like there are some who are you know friendly and outgoing, and some who are mean and bigoted. There are Christians who are hilarious, and Christians who are quiet and shy. There are all sorts of Christians, but generally, I think the way that most uh, committed Christians come across is nice but boring. And often, we think of Jesus as the same way as someone who is nice. But boring. And when I say nice, I don't mean just someone who is kind, but I mean someone who is, you know, often uh, not causing waves, not offending people, not getting in the way. Someone who you don't mind having around because they don't cause too many issues. And that's how we often think about Jesus. Jesus said all these things that people say, yeah, they're a nice thing to say. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a nice thing to say. And Jesus said, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's a nice thing to say. And we often think of Jesus as someone who is like a friend to children and animals because he was a nice guy. That's what Jesus was like. But when we look at Jesus in the Bible, we see that he is someone who is neither nice nor boring. He is someone who is quite different from that. The first story that we're going to look at is the one that we had read to us. And this is the first miracle that Jesus ever did. Him and his disciples have been invited to a party. Uh, they're at this wedding. And then after probably a few days of the wedding banquet going on, uh, everyone is quite drunk and they've run out of wine. And so Jesus' mother comes up to him and says, Jesus, we've run out of wine. You've got to do something about this. Jesus is like, well, why is it my problem? But she says, you guys, listen to him. So he tells the servants to get six water jugs and to fill them with water. And then Jesus turns this water into wine. And a conservative estimate is that it was about 75 litres of wine that he made. Now, considering what this party was like, that doesn't sound like someone who is nice but boring. Jesus is not obeying responsible service of alcohol guidelines here. Jesus is doing entirely the thing that you wouldn't expect a good, committed Christian to do. Like, imagine that your parents were having a party and then they ran out of alcohol. And so then along comes Reverend Nixon with... 200 cans of beer and he's like, let's get this party started again. You wouldn't expect that because that's not what we expect from good conservative Christians but that is essentially what Jesus does here. He turns the party around and he brings all this alcohol and just keeps things going and it's the best wine that he has on offer there. And then the next story that we see is the one that comes directly after that one In the book of John, Jesus and his disciples, they go up to Jerusalem where the temple was. And that's where people would go to worship God. And when he gets to the temple, he finds that there are people in the temple who are selling animals and changing money. And they're doing this so they can make money off other people's worship. And particularly this is bad because if you are someone who is poor... And then you are being exploited so that you can worship God. And this makes Jesus angry. He doesn't want anything to hinder people in their worship of God. To anything to stop people from being able to come to God, especially if you are poor and vulnerable. And so Jesus gets angry. And it says that he makes a whip. And he starts waving the whip around. He starts driving people and animals out of the temple. He turns tables over. This is not a boring or nice thing to be doing. But Jesus does it because he is a passionate person. He's someone who cares about how people come to God. Now we do not expect this kind of behaviour from a good, well-behaved, conservative Christian. Normally when Christians get angry they will send a strongly worded email. But you don't expect them to cause violence and property damage. But this is what Jesus does here, because he is neither nice nor boring. And then later on in the book of John, there is another story about a woman who has been caught in adultery. And the religious officials find this woman. They catch her and they drag her to Jesus. And the religious laws of the day were that she should be stoned to death. And so they want Jesus to uphold this law. Because they know he is someone who you know, believes uh, in, in order. And they know he's someone who is a religious person. They're like, Jesus, you should do the right thing. But Jesus is someone who loves this woman and cares about what's right. And he is someone who is going to stand up to the religious authorities. And so he says, whoever is without sin can throw the first stone and one by one the people they leave and no one throws a stone at her and Jesus saves her life because he knows that she is someone who needs protecting chances are most of the people that you know who are good conservative Christians people who are committed to you know following Jesus and being good people They haven't saved a lot of lives recently. That's not what they spend their time doing. I know that I don't do that. I haven't saved anyone's life in a long time or if ever. I did save a moth the other week and I felt pretty good about myself. But there is Jesus saving a woman's life. He's upholding what is right, but he is also upholding mercy and protection and safety for her because Jesus is someone who is kind and loving. And he is good and righteous he is neither nice nor boring and then when we look at how jesus behaves in the bible we see that he continually you know projects this uh, um, personality which is uh, neither nice nor boring he was always hanging out with people who were the wrong kind of people for a good religious person to be hanging out with he would go to parties Uh, with the tax collectors who were people who were rich people who made a lot of money, but they made that in unscrupulous ways. They were willing to take money off anyone so that they could get rich. And Jesus hung out with them. And Jesus spent his time hanging out with prostitutes at parties as well. Tax collectors and prostitutes. And people looked at Jesus and they said, You are a glutton and a drunkard. Because Jesus' life was not one that projected niceness or boringness. And then there's another part in the Bible where Jesus is talking to the religious officials and he is angry at them. He's angry at them because they are making rules that make it difficult for people to follow God. So the people are full of guilt and they don't think that they can live up to God's standards. And so he calls them names. He calls them hypocrites. He calls them whitewashed tombs. He calls them um, snakes and a brood of vipers. Jesus is angry. This is not the kind of language you would expect from a good Christian. This is not what you would expect if your good conservative Christian friend started yelling words like this. You would think that there was something that had gone horribly wrong but Jesus is someone who is neither nice nor boring. And then we see uh, in Jesus' life, the, probably the thing that everyone who knows anything about Jesus knows about him, and that is that he died. Now, most people who you would think are good Christians who go to church every Sunday and Bible study on Tuesday nights, who spend their mornings reading the Bible and praying they're not going to get into too much trouble and probably they will spend their life living a good, quiet life and eventually die in their 80s a quiet, good death. But Jesus' death is something that is completely different from that. Jesus' death uh, is a death that he, has, that he dies when he is young. It's a death that he dies because people are afraid of him. It's a death that has been orchestrated by the political and religious authorities because they see him as a threat. They see the things that he is teaching as a threat to their power. And they see him as a revolutionary, someone who has to be put down, someone has to be stopped because he could change the entire power structure of their world. They are afraid of Jesus and so they put him to death. This is not the death that you would expect from someone who is nice but boring. And the other thing that we see in the Bible is that this death of Jesus' is not just a death that uh, happens because of uh, political and religious, you know, machinations. But it happens because uh, Jesus is here of his own accord. And he dies for us. He dies so that we might be people who get forgiven for the things that we have done wrong. For the way that we have rebelled against God. For the times when we have not done what is right. For the times when we have been nice but boring. When we should have been loving. When we should have been courageous. When we should have been brave and we should have been passionate. And we did none of those things. Jesus dies so that we might be forgiven for that. And then the last thing, or one of the last things we see in Jesus' earthly life is that he doesn't stay dead. He comes back to life He is the one person who has beaten death all by himself. There is nothing boring about that. And the promise is that if we trust in him, we can have a life like that as well. That he calls us to be people who trust in him so that we might be forgiven, that we might get new life and that we might be called to live a life that is neither nice nor boring. To live a life that follows him, a life full of kindness, a life full of love, a a life full of A passion and courage and bravery, a life that stands up for what is right, a life that stands against injustice just like his. If you follow Jesus the way that he calls you to, your life will be neither nice nor boring, but it will be good. And so I challenge you to look at Jesus, to see what he calls you to, and to commit yourself to him because it is a good life following this person who is neither nice nor boring, but he is good and he is loving and he changes everything. How about I say a prayer for us? Father God, thank you uh, for Jesus. I thank you that he lived a life that was neither nice nor boring. I pray that we will look at him and we will see what he calls us to that we will be willing to commit to him and we will be people who are willing to follow him passionately and to also lead lives that are neither nice nor boring, but lives that are full of love and kindness and goodness and courage and bravery and passion, lives that stand up for what is right, just like Jesus did. I pray that we would follow him as someone who is both God and King. Amen.